Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, Jason Modulin, as well as David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine, and of course myself. And we are here live today to answer any questions that you might have pertaining to oil, gas. Uh, we do have an upcoming election, and so that also will trigger questions about um, how energy will affect us all uh, with a different administration or if uh, this administration stays in place. I'd like to encourage you if you're listening to call in. Uh, No question is uh, too much for us to handle. We are welcoming your calls on anything energy. The phone number to call is area code 210-308-8867. Again, the number is 210-308-8867. You can also go to our Facebook page. You can go to 930 The Answer. Send in your questions that way. We do have already some questions and uh, callers on the line, so I encourage you to get in now if you want to send some questions in uh, to be answered by Jason, David, uh, or in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Now, before I bring the guest on, our guest, I'd like to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. It's a good one. It's, uh, well, they're all good, but let's face it, this is a really good one because we're covering Howard Energy. Uh, it's a midstream company. We got uh, to interview Mike Howard, the CEO of this amazing company, uh, and he's a very inspiring uh, gentleman, as well as just kind of the way he believes in running his company. I was uh, quite surprised, but pleasantly surprised, uh, when David Blackman was able to interview him. So I do encourage you to get a free issue of Shell Magazine, the digital. Go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, and sign up to receive your free digital issue along with staying up with all the events and all the things at Shell Magazine uh, and the Oil Patch Radio Show and Texas Energy Advocates Coalition are doing. Speaking of events with Texas Energy Advocates Coalition, better known as TEEK, we have a great event that should be on your calendar if you're interested in uh, attending the State of Energy in Corpus Christi. It is set for September 22nd. It's a luncheon. Uh, We are placing our wonderful luncheon at the beautiful Omni Corpus Christi Hotel, which is a great partner to Shell Magazine. Um, and our keynote will be Mike Howard, so we would get to catch up with him. Uh, he's going to talk about the current state of energy, along with uh, Sean Strawbridge, the uh, uh, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. Um, and so it's an event you do not want to miss out on. We will next week be shutting down the event uh, for many more in uh in-person tickets. Uh, From there, it will probably turn into a virtual event. So if you do want to attend, you should get these tickets right now. We also have some panelists. Uh, uh, We will have a gentleman from uh, Saudi Arabia, the embassy of Saudi Arabia, Fahad and um, Nassar, and also uh, will be joined by Brooke Simmons, who is the president of the uh, uh, Oklahoma Petroleum Alliance in Oklahoma, giving us an update. Um, And also, 
we'll have a mixer that evening after the luncheon, and that will be to help encourage our women that are in energy uh, and also a fundraiser for them and a, a, a membership drive. So if you're interested in coming out, having a few cocktails with the women of energy, as we recognize and salute Judge Barbara Canales out there, I encourage you to get your tickets right now, too, at shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Uh, and uh, before I bring on the guests, I want to give you the phone number one more time to call in. The phone number is area code 210 308-8867, 308-8867. You can also do 866 if you uh, are calling in from somewhere outside of San Antonio. Now, I'd like to bring on our guest today. Uh, first, my co-host, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. And Jason Modulin, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. David, is that you? Yes, that's me. How are y'all doing today? We're doing great. Let me uh, do a real quick mic check. Jason, are you there as well? I'm here as well. Thank you very much, uh, David and Kim. It's great to be with you today. Excellent. You know, it's always a treat uh, to have our live show. We do them once a month, and it, it's really vital uh, for us while we do a lot of great interviews behind the scenes and put them together and make them sound, you know, top-notch professional. I love the live shows because even though it's live and anything can happen, right, uh, it also, though, is so important to try to help the community uh, have ongoing discussions uh, about oil and gas. Uh, Because, Jason, I don't know about you, but it is really hard to find no-nonsense, straight-talk, oil and gas topic or you know questions and, and, and try to get answers for them it's a really hard uh, thing to do so the show is uh is designed to do that so um uh, we're, we're glad you're here and we're glad that uh, you're you and david are able to answer these questions I, and i didn't really get to ask you but do are you aware of any other place that consumers can go to and just relatively call in or email somebody and they get straight answers uh back to their questions no not at all um People are forced to go to Siri or Google, and and that doesn't steer you in the right direction. So you provide a fantastic resource uh, for folks all over Texas and and on Facebook to to access and get great information. Right. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, obviously we provide the platform, and we want to encourage callers to call in. But it is you guys that are the experts that really help um, cut through what is Sometimes, you know, it's so difficult to get correct information, even online when you Google, because this information, you have to really research. Where is it coming from? Is it accurate? Is it leaning to the left where they are, you know, more environmentalist, anti-oil and gas? Or are they in the middle uh, telling uh, truthful data that's scientifically driven behind it? Or are they, you know, uh, supporters of oil and gas? And so it it really does make for uh, a difficult uh, situation for most consumers to find. And even when you do find good data, it's usually very, very complicated for the average person. I know sometimes I look at this stuff and I'm like, wow, uh, can somebody break this down for me? Because I don't quite understand <laughs> it either. So <laughs> um, so let's get started. Uh, David, um, how has your week been? Um, I know we have some uh, exciting things coming up on Wednesday. You know, Do you want to talk a little bit about it to Jason and our callers and tell them what uh, Shell Magazine is working on and who we're interviewing on Wednesday, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, uh, the next issue of Shell Magazine is going to be fantastic, um, as usual. And um, we're, we're working on the cover story, working on uh, 
a lot of different things actually for this upcoming magazine and uh and uh yeah wednesday is uh gosh kim i've forgotten i'm happy i'm drawing a blank his name is michael Sh- uh Mike. Oh, Schellenberger. Schellenberger. Right. Yes. yes. Thank you for the last yeah. name. Yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, fantastic energy and environment writer. Uh, he contributes at Forbes magazine. He uh, has his own website, and uh, he's well-respected in, in the field and, and just a wealth of information on not just uh, energy issues, but also climate change kinds of issues, and, and spends a lot of time debunking, frankly, uh, some of the radical alarmist uh, uh, climate change rhetoric that's out there. And so it's going to be a, just a fantastic interview and, and cover uh, for the magazine. And we're, we just can't wait to, to have the interview. Now, we uh, are going to also interview him on In the Wall Patch Radio Show. Yes. Uh, David, of course, you'll be joining us. But we also have a very special treat of having uh, Mike Howard want to come into and, uh, and kind of inter- interview him and talk to him as well. So I'm really excited uh, to have him on. He's definitely uh, a heavy hitter in just looking and seeing how he has testified to Congress. He has uh, worked with many, many, many uh, elected officials in, in helping craft and create, not craft, but help uh, with bills potentially that are affecting uh, oil and gas. But most importantly, he really gave a great a comment, if you will. He tweeted a comment discussing what's really happening in California with these rolling blackouts and uh, things that are attributing yeah. to this. And, and I know we got some questions on that coming up in the show, but for a man who lives in California, right, and uh, is is watching all these wacky policies and, and realizing they're paying more for energy, they're paying more for utilities, uh, they're relying on uh, different forms of energy that um, um, maybe are not so reliable. Uh, to have him come out and uh, and make you know comments was was a really good thing, and it certainly caught my eye. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, quickly before we go to break, um, um, Jason, I also wanted to recognize that you are fairly new to the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, and uh, you will be featured in our next issue as the cover of Shell Magazine, so we're real excited to tell your story uh, and also uh, a lot about the association. Uh, uh, just wanted to let you have a, a, few, a, a minute or so to, to, to talk about, uh, you know, uh, what, what, what is your company talking or saying about you doing the cover uh, for Shell? Absolutely. It, it's a, a lot of fun that, that we uh, are going down that path of being on the cover. I think our main conversation that we talked about this past week w- was about the, the dynamics of, of meeting an association um, uh, during these challenging times uh, of limited access to get together. And so that, that puts us a lot on Zoom and on digital content. Uh, you've seen the same challenges to putting together public meetings, uh, but also the, the opportunities there. Uh, we have a, a wider audience that would be limited from traveling uh, to certain parts of the state. And so you're able to bring statewide content uh, to more members on a more regular basis. Uh, so those are the challenges and, and the opportunities that we're meeting at the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Well, you know, we've had a, a great uh, working relationship with the Alliance for many years. We had just really not had uh, the availability to catch up with the group. And so I'm pretty 
excited that we finally are able to get uh, an awareness for what the Alliance, the great work that the Alliance is doing, its new leadership with you, and uh, what can we see in the future coming out of the Texas Alliance. Uh, We are going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to get into the questions that you guys have. I know you're waiting on the line. We will be right back. You're listening to an Oil Patch Radio Show. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. And we're back. You're listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we're being joined by Jason Modulin and David Blackman, uh, here to answer any questions you might have on oil and gas. Uh, I'm waiting uh, a few more minutes to bring our callers on just to load up the phone lines. But uh, before we bring on our live callers, Jason, I, I, I wanted to talk uh, or ask your opinion, and maybe David as well, on um, the question about right now we have two tropical storms uh, simultaneously happening in the Gulf. And uh, it looks like potentially Texas may or may not be spared. Uh, it could hit maybe Galveston. It could maybe hit Corpus, which please, you know, not again. Uh, but uh, if they do steer that way, or even if they don't, Uh, My question is, we've seen this before with Hurricane Harvey uh, and uh, Hurricane Hannah. Um, How do oil and gas, uh, how do they prepare? What are the impacts when these big storms hit the oil and gas industry? Well, for the operators in the Gulf, um, they actually uh, um, uh, send some crew back in and uh, limit operations um, on those facilities in the Gulf to, to make sure that uh, staff are, and, uh, and rigs are, are protected and, and safe. Um, as it relates to refineries along our coast, that they do similar things where, where they uh, close in a little bit, prevent shift changes, um, and really have uh, stable crew on, on site that are able to protect the facility and, and protect human life and, and make sure that the environment is protected as well. Your smaller upstream operators uh, have a number of um, uh, requirements by the Railroad Commission to maintain well integrity, and so they uh, engage in a number of activities to make sure that that well is under control and, and not um, uh, threatening the environment or threatening human safety. So it's a... It's a a complicated process, but one that Texas producers have been dealing with for the past 100 years, and, and are very familiar with uh, how to how to be safe and and uh, conduct safe operations. 
Uh, and David, you're welcome to jump in here. I, I just remember that when Hurricane Harvey was approaching, we saw the oil and gas industry go through, uh, in, go to enormous tasks to make sure, one, of course, everybody was safe, their crew, the community. When you start talking about taking these uh, or shutting down uh, rig sites, and you're really talking about this is a very large task and uh, for an operator to take on. Uh, any comments on really how difficult is is this of a process for them to do, just in the well, name of the, safety? Yeah, and the, you know, in the offshore, they, they've done it so many times uh, on those platforms. It's it's a it's something they drill for repeatedly throughout the year. Yeah, they're prepping uh, in their safety meetings that they have every day, frankly. Uh, and so it's, but it's a big. I mean, you're right. It's a big undertaking to shut down those platforms, get those crews back to shore, shut in the production. You know, all of that has to be done, in the, and, and particularly with storms like this where, you know, yesterday Marco was projected to come in over Matagorda Bay, and now all of a sudden today is projecting to come in over New Orleans. So that's a big shift in 24 hours, so they don't know really where that storm's going. And then you have Laura right behind it, and, um, you know, like Jason was saying, you know, these onshore refineries have, have a lot of preparations to make as well, and... Uh, Kim, as you mentioned, you know, you know, Harvey was so disastrous. It even impacted uh, onshore production facilities way mm-hmm. inland, mm-hmm. you know, in Carnes County and up near Quero and places like that uh, were getting flooded out by that crazy storm. So, you know, these hurricanes are big events. I know they, they're projecting them both to, to stay at, you know, level one, category one storms or below, but everybody needs to remember Katrina was a Category 1 storm when it came on shore. Uh, so, so just because it's, it's a Category 1 storm, that doesn't mean it's not a big deal. It's a really big deal, and, and everybody has to, to make preparations to deal with it. And it's strange you bring that up, David, because I believe that we are actually coming up on a uh, milestone where we're actually, it is a, uh, I think this is like the month that she hit as well, or that hurricane hit. Uh, Katrina, yeah, Katrina, way back when. So, yeah. uh, there's just been a lot of hurricanes, which um, I, I I know we've received some questions pertaining to this. That uh, when we come back from break, we're going to uh, try to address, which is, you know, with the uh, energy industry, of course, always being uh, blamed for uh, climate change. You know, how significant um, and and how is more importantly the energy industry going to react when there this uh, you know, uptick in hurricanes um, is going to be laid directly at their feet, right? Of, you know, uh, it's because of what you're doing, um, and uh, and I think that we'll start seeing this. Uh, we're certainly seeing it in some of our social media uh, questions that are coming through. Is you know how how uh, much is uh, the energy industry uh, recognizing that uh, climate change is real and are they a part of it? And I'm, I'm hoping that we're saying it's the opposite, which is no, we're actually you know, not responsible for that stuff. Uh, we do have uh, phone calls uh, waiting. So we are going to get ready to go to break. When we come back, we're going to take uh, Clint's call, Joe's call, uh, and anyone else that wants to jump on the call, the phone number is 210-308-8867. Again, anyone else who wants to call in for Jason Modulin and David Blackman talking about oil and gas, call in. The phone number is 210-308-8867. And, guys, we're going to be right back from break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Hey, you. Do you want to join the fastest-growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business, so you've got my attention. What is it? TEAK is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free, no charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash TEAK and click on the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. Join the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Jason and David. Jason with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. David is with Shell Magazine, the editor. Uh, guys, before the break, we were kind of discussing the hurricanes and, uh, you know, where is this uh, oil and gas leading up to, you know, how much of oil and gas uh, is going to be blamed for all of this, uh, you know, different hurricanes. I want to switch gears, though, before we get back to that topic and bring on one of our callers who's a, a, an just a great fan of the show, Joe, the Woodlands. Uh, Joe, welcome to this week's live show. Thank you for calling in. Hey, welcome, Kim, and we'd like to welcome uh, Shell Magazine to Parlor.com or the Parlor app. That's right. Thank you for mentioning that. We are on that uh, app, and we've been sharing over there all of our stuff. Uh, it's a great. Uh, it looks like it's going to be great and promising for not. Uh, removing post and uh, if you have a conservative view it's welcome there for now <laughs> so you are in the woodlands and I'm hoping that the weather in Houston is good uh, what is your question for uh, Jason and David well the basic question is uh, for one thing that Colorado scientist at uh, what was it Colorado University he was claiming uh, the this hadn't happened since 1900 the, you know, two hurricanes in the Gulf or wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, back then there were the, there wasn't a radar. So how how would he know? Was he out there, or was he you know tracing some sort of scientific data, <laughs> which so, yeah. really didn't exist or anything? Because you know, right now we wouldn't even know if those two hurricanes are out there because they're out in the middle of the Gulf. Of the Gulf. Well, yeah. But, you know, well, that's something we can bring up. To rely on, but oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. Go ahead. What they used to rely on back then was uh, anecdotal evidence from ship captains. Um, if you've ever read the history of the, uh, the big Galveston storm of 1900, uh, they, you know, the local uh, weather service, uh, the national uh, weather people who were telling people in Galveston there wasn't a storm coming, uh, were continuously getting information from ship captains coming through the Gulf of Mexico uh, that there was a storm coming, and uh, they ignored it. But 
Other than that, they really don't have that much information to determine whether or not there were two hurricanes in the Gulf, and that's not really true anyway, I don't think. I'm pretty sure that in either 95 or 96 we had, they may not have both in the Gulf, but been in the Gulf, though. But we did have two hurricanes uh, simultaneously threatening one, at least one was in the Gulf of Mexico. The other one may have been over Florida, but... uh, Anyway, it's it's an unusual occurrence, but it's, you know, my goodness. It's, but it's, it's definitely like newsworthy or media-worthy for sure. if it bleeds, it leads. Jason, exactly. uh, <laughs> Jason, uh, what is the industry hearing? and What is your association? Are, are you hearing that these, you know, maybe anti-frackers uh, are trying to lay this at the feet of big oil and gas, or has it been relatively quiet? I mean, some of our social media platforms have been kind of that little chatter starting, so... What do you think? You know, I think they take every opportunity uh, they can to, to blame oil and gas. And so uh, tomorrow will be Monday, and they'll blame us for that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think uh, just the opportunities that oil and gas brings, uh, both for modern materials, which are really how we've seen um, uh, life-saving uh, devices, but also life-saving construction uh, when these storms uh, hit, they're, they're not uh, as devastating as they were in the past. Uh, you mentioned 1900, or Joe mentioned 1900, uh, wiped out uh, Galveston and, and the island. Um, uh, truly devastating, awesome life. It, it, these opportunities now, you have hurricane hunters from uh, National Oceanic and, and Atmospheric Administration. They fly these planes into the hurricanes to determine strength and direction. Um, all these things w- wouldn't happen uh, w- without oil and gas and, and the benefits from oil and gas. Now, you see, Jason, how you just really framed it in a way that is definitely changing the discussion because if it wasn't for energy, we wouldn't have all these things to be able to respond to a hurricane in the way that uh, modern society is able to. I, I really do like what you just said, and I think that this is something that, that you all and we should be working on to try to help the community understand. It is because of this that uh, you can uh, you have access to uh, greater opportunities to survive a hurricane than ever before. When we get back from break, we are going to take Clint. Uh, it's called Next. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200 kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators, as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman and Jason Modulin, uh, president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. And David is with Shell Magazine, the editor. If you'd like to join in on our live show, please call 210-308-8867. Or you can send your questions through, a, uh, through our social media app, Facebook, In the Oil Patch Radio Show. 
so let's take on uh, the next caller, line three. Clint, what is your question for Jason and David? Yes. Uh, with the recent cuts from OPEC, when can we start seeing the oil and gas market stabilizing and returning to a higher price per barrel? Well, um, guys, get me up to speed on this. I know that they met, like, last week. Was it last week or was it this yeah, week? Yeah, they had a conference last week, yes. And they did agree to some proposed cuts. What does that, um, I guess, what yeah. does that mean? Well, what they basically did last week was just keep the current uh, uh, agreement in place, which, you know, their their total reduction uh, – limitations on exports between all those countries is 7.7 million barrels of oil per day that they've taken off of the market, artificially restricting their own production in order to try to balance the market. And, uh, you know, they, they have a very high compliance rate with it. They're going to continue that through the end of the year. Uh, the Saudi minister said he expects global demand to be 97% recovered. Uh, by the end of 2020, which is extraordinarily fast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're seeing rapid growth, rapid reopening of economies all over the world, other than democratic states here in the United States. And, um, you know, even the U.S. economy is recovering very rapidly in spite of all of that political nonsense. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation still, but, but the crude price has firmed up. It's, it's, Above 40 for the last two weeks running now. Uh, got over $43 a barrel here one day this week. And, uh, you know, so things are improving slowly but surely. Jason, I'll, I'll let you answer it as well. Well, I think that's right. It was great to see the high compliance and even the uh, commitment by the Iraqi uh, oil minister to, to uh, get into compliance uh, like the rest of OPEC members and um, certainly, Russia has has been uh, contributing to those commitments and, and cuts, and that's been a positive sign. And you're absolutely right. As we see the economy come back um, and activity pick up, demand pick up, uh, that's really when uh, hopefully we'll see uh, more activity come back online. Uh, we've seen a slight uptick in drilling rigs here in the United States. That's a very positive sign, particularly in the Permian Basin. Um, but it's going to be a staggered uh, and slow to bring full production back into place uh, until we see some price rebounds and some demand pick up. Hey, Jason, uh, another question along those lines. We had a report from Reichstag Energy this week. Um, they're projecting that almost all of the wells, if not all of the wells, that were shut in by the industry during April through June time frame, they expect almost all of those wells to be back online by the end of this month. Is that what you're seeing from your members? Are they rapidly reactivating their shut-in wells? You know, that was interesting because that same story highlighted a, a few independent operators, uh, Apache, uh, uh, Pioneer, um, yeah. that said that they would still hold some back. Um, and I think that's probably uh, what you're seeing is, is among operators, those high-cost wells are still remaining uh, um, shut in and not in okay. full production, but where there is low-cost opportunities to shift uh, that cost of production down even further, uh, that's what you're seeing from operators. Uh, uh, another uh, opportunity is in those drilling and uncompleted 
if they have contracts with uh, uh, completion crews um, to be able to shift those resources into, into areas that have been drilled previously. And that's what you're seeing come back online. But um, yeah, it's a, it, it was an interesting report from RISTAT with a few uh, highlights from independent operators that are not fully bringing their production back online. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears. I know, David, you uh, no shell uh, or in the oil patch radio show would be complete without covering the Democratic conference uh, convention that just com- finished. I, I know you have a question, David, for uh, <laughs> for us uh, pertaining to the, the convention. Go ahead. Well, I just try to keep it in the context of energy here. You know, we just finished this four day convention, four days of speeches, 10 hours a day. And I don't believe a single person who spoke at the Democratic Convention had one word to say about the oil and natural gas business. Jason, I, I don't know if you did or not. I, I find that incredibly curious uh, that that we have, you know, this is such a big, important issue for our whole country. And even for Democrats in, in states like Pennsylvania and Ohio that are very close and have big active oil and gas industries, um, do you, you find it curious that you have a convention and you don't even mention oil and gas? Uh, they were they were very conveniently left that out. I think the closest they got was was Governor Grisham in New Mexico standing in front of a solar plant and, and saying uh, that basically allow the states to phase out oil and gas in favor oh, okay. of some I kind of renewable. That, um, that was about the only thing I saw. Look, they've learned well uh, from four years ago when they went into West Virginia and Pennsylvania and told everybody they're putting them out of work. Uh, so they have abandoned those talking points um, uh, while on the convention stage, uh, but still very much utilize those to say, we want to shift the oil and gas industry out of this country and move it overseas. You know, the thing that's surprising, and maybe we can get into it uh, after we come back from break, is so much of the Democrat platform uh, really does revolve around the Green New Deal. It has been uh, discussed and discussed and discussed. Uh, Biden has uh, has positioned himself to embrace the Green New Deal uh, in many ways. And I guess my question is, how do you get through your convention without bringing up any mention of that to the very people who um, are supporting this uh, Green New Deal and and not talk to them about specifically what are your plans and your goals. Uh, We are going to take a quick break. When we get back from break, uh, I'd like to get on that topic, if possible, also the Trump uh, EPA's uh, implementation of some uh, the new methane regulation. So we'll get into that, too. You're listening to End the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188. 
210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find. Can you turn it down? Welcome back to In the All Patch Radio Show. I'm David Blackman, editor of Shell Magazine, with my home co-host, Tim Bellotto, and our guest, Jason Modulin of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Uh, Jason, we ended the last segment uh, kind of reviewing the Democratic National Convention and the lack of content about energy. Uh, of course, this week, uh, we have the Republican convention coming up. Donald Trump, uh, of course, has been very uh, pro oil and gas during his first term in office. Has done an awful lot on the energy front in terms of uh, making it possible for for the you know the U.S. oil and gas industry to uh, increase its supply to the country and get us off of foreign crude. I just wonder. Uh, what do you expect to see at this convention? Are we expecting to see much discussion of energy issues uh, at the Republican convention, or, or is it just going to be kind of a 180-degree answer to the Democrats? No, I hope they focus quite a bit on the opportunities that uh, American-produced energy ha- has given to this country. It certainly helped revitalize our Gulf Coast and bring manufacturing back to this country. Um, but also the pipeline projects and the number of uh, exploration and, and new field discoveries in the United States. It's phenomenal when you give clear guidance and regulatory certainty to American business owners uh, uh, to be able to invest in this country, risk that capital, uh, and reap the reward. And certainly uh, affordable, abundant energy is the, the answer uh, for getting us out of, out of this current economic downturn uh, caused by COVID is, is that abundant, affordable energy is going to help us get there. It's not higher taxes or limited energy or, in the case of California, rolling blackout. Right. And, and uh, you know, let's talk about that real quick. So there have been these rolling blackouts. First of all, Jason, tell, us, tell the listeners, what was the problem there? Why were they doing this? And, and uh, you know, what did they uh, do to make it to where they were having to go to these blackouts uh, in the first place? They've pursued a political agenda there that is is a strong desire to phase out all fossil fuels. And coupled with this philosophy of electrify everything, uh, they've moved more and more dependency onto the electrical grid while at the same time reducing the supply from natural gas plants, from coal plants, and even attacking uh, some of the nuclear facilities there. Um, That combination, when you're dealing with high heat, uh, folks want to have their fans on. They have less air-conditioned facilities there, but they want to have the ability to, to, you know, cool their ice cream products. And so that results in a high demand of electricity, uh, while at the same time they've been limited in their supply and then you couple with some some wildfires that have shut down some of their transmission facilities along with just a uh, a liability um, challenge that they have in in going after some of their state utilities as a result of uh, overactive trial lawyers and 
it, it's a perfect storm approaching California where they've notified millions of homes and businesses that they can't expect electricity. And that's resulted in factories and businesses looking elsewhere in this country in order to invest and have some certainty that their capital will be able to be uh, running and operating uh, 24-7 as opposed to these shutdowns. Wow. Hey, Jason, uh, let's contrast that situation in California to what we have in Texas, okay? I mean, Texas has far and away the most wind power of any state in the country. We have a very healthy and growing solar industry. And yet ERCOT and our and our city utilities in Austin, San Antonio, and elsewhere manage to keep the lights on 24 hours a day, 365 days a year somehow. And the reason why, isn't the reason why, because we also have abundant resources of natural gas-fired power plants in addition to some coal and some nuclear to provide that base load for our energy grid? That's absolutely right. I mean, the, the secret to renewables... Uh, are that they're backed by natural gas. And so yeah. it's, um, uh, it's not uh, um, so many times people want to pit renewables against oil and gas, um, but really renewables are dependent upon natural gas to back it up. When that wind stops blowing, when a cloud comes overhead, that facility is no longer producing electricity until it requires a quick fire natural gas facility to stand up to make sure that that base load is balanced and that you don't see brownouts or blackouts. And so um, uh, that's natural gas is, is the, the backup fuel, if you will, uh, to those uh, uh, new products. But you still have that base load requirement for the rest of the state, and, and that's really where you're seeing uh, coal, nuclear, uh, and, and natural gas. And, you know, I wish that we had uh, more communication and helping everyone understand that it is about the synergy that you have to have either oil or natural gas to have anything of these renewables or, or, or green. Uh, they all kind of uh, uh, need each other, if you will. And, and you are right. It does get pitted one against the other. Uh, let's switch gears real quick. We've got a minute or two left. I want to talk a little bit about the EPA, uh, Trump administration's implementation of the new methane regulations uh, that was going to eliminate or it's designed to eliminate duplicate efforts between state and federal rules. What are your members saying about this improvement? Do they like it? Do they not like it? Uh, they they like it, absolutely. So for our smaller members, um, where the targeting by the Obama administration to uh, shut in and get rid of marginal well production in this country, um, the, the Trump administration has rolled that back to say that we're not going to require on small uh, marginal well producers uh, very expensive equipment that would ultimately make it uneconomical to continue to produce wells. Um, for our larger uh, companies, um, they've already invested in these types of technology of leak prevention, of leak monitoring. Um, so these changes, uh, these larger companies have been able to implement as part of good business practices and, and pursuing uh, that product and, and being able to get it to market in a more efficient pattern. Um, but what you do see is across the board the uh, appreciation for the regulatory certainty. That's really some of our concerns going into November is that these changes will be overturned by either uh, a 
uh, active Congress or the next administration, and that would be really disappointing to see um, because these are steps in the right direction and for we need to- duplicative we need to keep going in that direction. Well, guys, uh, one more show in the books of our live show. Uh, we did cover a lot. We covered the convention, uh, the Democrat convention. We covered uh, the EPA new rules, Ronstadt Energy and their Renew report. And uh, we were also able to get in that, Jason, you will be the next cover on Shell Magazine. And we're really excited that we were able to catch up with you and, of course, the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers But for now, guys, that's all the time we have for this show. We look forward, Jason and David, having you on next month again. Callers, be sure to follow us on Facebook, and that way you know when our live shows will be happening, and you can either call in or you can send us a message on Facebook. Until next time, thank you for listening to And the Oil Patch Radio Show. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.